Hello and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast. I am Michael, the excited one, and I'm here tonight to recap our trial of RuneQuest 2nd Edition. We had a guest GM for that episode, and that was Dirk the Dice from the Grognard Files podcast. And again, we played RuneQuest 2nd Edition. I think 6th Edition just came out, but apparently 2nd Edition is the classic one that everyone knows and loves, so that is what we played. Uh, we were supposed to have our normal three players for that game. Unfortunately, last minute, Matt was a scratch. So myself, Scott, and Caleb carried on and went ahead and played. So Scott, why don't you say hi to everyone? Howdy, all you kids out there in Radio Land. And of course, my favorite co-host and yours, the Caleb G. Hey there, this is DJ Crudge coming in down the 405. Traffic's going well and the weather is clear. Sure. Hey, you had a, 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 a DJ vibe going on with that intro, so I figured I would just mirror it. I didn't expect you to wait five minutes for my introduction. I had it queued up. I couldn't take it out of the chamber. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. So as always, what we like to do on these trials is we play the game. We usually try to get a guest GM, someone who knows the system very well, to give us a, to give us a very good example of play. And then we come back together and we talk about that game, that session, and kind of what we thought, what we liked, what we didn't like, and give some sort of um, overall thoughts. So as usual, I will start uh, with Scott, and we'll start with positive. What were some of the things that you really enjoyed about that session? Keep in mind, we try to separate the session from the system as best we can, because you got a good DM, you're going to have a good time, even if the system was terrible. So within, with those rules in place, whatever that means to you, what did you think about RuneQuest? Ah, uh, well, uh, you, you said separate them, but you didn't say which one we were really supposed to be discussing. Uh, try to... The system. The system. Try to focus on the, what did you like about the system. So, so, so we're not talking about how great Dirk was at running a game. Or his terrifying baboon, whatever the F that was. I don't even know. Sounds? What? Yeah. Screeches? Yeah. And, and and he had like a whole body thing to go along with it and eyes. It was it was creepy. Yeah, and I mean he's like he's in UK, he's a Londoner, he's got the accent, but he did a spot on like New York, Baboon. Brooklyn, you know, Vinny's deli sort of uh voice for some of those. I was really impressed with his voice work. He, yeah, and, and uh his his baboon voice work. I mean he must uh he must go to the Brooklyn Zoo a whole damn lot. <laughs> Yeah, his, his, if you did not listen to RuneQuest, you should go at least listen for the baboons, because, I mean, it was like... They, they had a thick baboon Brooklyn accent. If <laughs> only Matt had been here to confirm the authenticity of the Ooh. Brooklyn baboons. We, we may need a second take on the second take here to get him to listen and then weigh in. But off the rails already, let's turn this train around, back in the station. Scott, what did you think of RuneQuest 2nd Edition? Uh... I got to play a duck. That was pretty spectacular. And and not only like like it's just any duck, but like a like a true fundamentally part of the genre has been for a long time. We had a lot of people making classic comments about the classic module that we were playing with the classic duck race. Yeah. Uh, that was that was pretty fantastic. And one of the one of the comments I saw, somebody uh, somebody tuned out early and said that we were not treating the ducks with the required um, respect. respect. We, were, we were playing them like Huey, Louie, and Dewey. And, and Dirk said, hey, give them, give them a chance. Because I went into it thinking these were ducks like it was a joke. No, it's not. It is not a joke whatsoever. When we set it up with Dirk, we were joking. Like, ha ha ha, we'll play ducks. And he's like, no, that's actually a legitimate thing. And we were like, ha ha ha, hilarious, thanks. Yeah, we'll play ducks. Yeah, and then he's like, no, seriously, 
ducks. No, it's it's a yeah, yeah. No, and, and it's, it's and not funny. It's they're just ducks. I'll I'll jump back around to, I guess to myself here is that the thing that I took away from it is that clearly one of the selling points of RuneQuest is the setting. It has a very rich and lustrous setting that is well fleshed out through I, I believe there's like novels and all these modules. We got a small sliver of that and we went into it very ignorant. And I think and that we came out of it very ignorant. Very ignorant. So I kind of feel like that that at no fault, no one's fault, that we did not appreciate maybe what the game brings from that standpoint. So I wish we could talk more about the setting. So I'm gonna focus my comments more on the mechanics because I feel like we're not educated enough to talk about the setting. But but yeah, we played ducks and apparently that's that was like a high honor that we did not recognize. So anything else from you, Scott? No, no, no other opening comments. All right. So we'll move on to Caleb G then. Caleb, so what did you think of RuneQuest? I thought it was very interesting. I am not the biggest fan of percentile-based skill systems, but this version of those rules was very engaging. I felt it was very easy to pick up. I liked the fact that the magic that these characters had was very integrated into their character options and what we could do while we were playing. I felt like it was a very brutal system and it was very easy to die. And spoilers, uh, I definitely did die. I think. Did I die? I think I died. We all died. Okay, that's right. We all died. There TPK. Was, it was it was a successful TPK. Yeah, and and we we in fact played that out as he rolled per arrow. Right, not not like a group roll. Like there's thirty arrows. I'm just gonna say half of them hit you based on your armor class. Do the average. Right. No, he was like roll one arrow. You dead yet? No. Roll another arrow. You dead yet? No. Roll another arrow. Oh, now you're dead. Now okay, you're... good. And there's still no. There's still seven more. Let's roll them just in case. Yeah, let's just let's just see. Let's just roll to see if any of them hit you in the crotch because that's hilarious. <laughs> or the left, left foot, left, left leg. Left, left, hey! left leg. That was a thing. I don't know why that's so funny. <laughs> I don't. Either. But, but it, I love it, that it's funny. I love how insider joke this whole system was. It seems to come up a lot, so I'm guessing that that's that's the humor. In my my opinion, in brief, is that it seems to happen like an inordinate amount of times. Is why it might be like worthy of calling out but i don't know okay anyway sorry sorry kayla back to you what else would you want to say about RuneQuest? with the small taste we had i was very pleased with it and i think it was a, a great trial game that we got to play so i will up the ante oh boy. i hate percentile Based systems. Wait, I don't. Wait, dislike wait, them. wait a minute. You said to start I with the them. positive. I pulled back. Oh. You. That's not fair. <laughs> so, so th th it's unanimous. All of us hate percentile systems. Yeah, I just and well, I will say I hate anyone I've ever tried in for that in that regard because there's things about RuneQuest I enjoyed, but I'm just not a fan of percentile based systems. All the ones I've ever played, I've not enjoyed. There may be ones out there I haven't played, so I can't say universally. But they always seem weighted to failure, which again, uh -huh. that, that, that weighs in the gritty nature of things. But the thing that I'm best at, I have a less than 50% chance of doing most of the yeah. time. And yeah. I just, I don't know, there's just something about Rome Percentile that doesn't, it doesn't appeal to me as much as that big random D20, even though I hate how it's, how it's linear and it doesn't, it's not even linear, it's just a jumbled mess because there's no curve to it. It's just random 
Well, that's that's the same with percentile. Well, but it just feels that way on the D20. I don't know, something about that 20 feels different to me than the D100? Well, very interestingly, and this is something I think we might have touched on on an episode once or twice. If not, we've talked about it off air. The dice you roll matters. Not not talking about averages and uh, the math and all that Dispar- stuff. Distributions right. or whatever. Because I don't understand any of that. That's all on you, Scott. <laughs> Even though, even though I'm the guy that they say knows all the rules, I don't understand percentiles and averages and distribution or anything. But, I mean, physically, while we are sitting at the table, the pieces of plastic or metal that we pick up in our hands matter. These metal dice brought to you by Easy Roll of Dice. There we go. That's <laughs> why you're on the faculty. And I think it goes back to what we learned with. Michael, you learned D&D. You've been playing D&D your entire life. D&D was your favorite game. D&D operates on a D20. Even though you like a D12 better, it's just a smaller version of a D20. Well, D12 is the best die. So, and I think that I think that matters because there's it's a sense of comfort, it's a sense of security, it's a sense of I know this dice. And it's a dumb thing to say, but it's true. It just feels alien. It feels like I'm cheating in some way, like on someone. But I will say in its, in its favor, though, I do like the, how you can have critical hits that are less than the 5%. So like, like 99 or 100 can be a critical hit. And then you can get an item that gives you a 97 through a nine, through 100 as a critical hit. I liked how you can have a more incremental increase. I just don't like rolling percentile. Sorry, Scott, go ahead. I, I was going to say that, that I uh, started on percentile systems. They still sucked. It does not matter. <laughs> they were still just awful. Just just real bad. Right. So beyond that, so okay, so we got that out. We cleared the air. Other than the percentile system. I actually played ElfQuest back in the day. I don't know what that is, but I'm hoping you're going to explain it because it sounds ridiculous. ElfQuest is, man, we're going to get some angry letters on this. A really crappy old comic about elves who lived in the woods and banged a lot and had wolf buddies who also participated in the banging. And it was this super classic, probably 60s, 70s comic. I don't even know. Bring it. Caleb at the RPGacademy.com. That's fine. I, I, That's you I don't, don't check, check that email. email. You don't care. I don't care. Uh, but they had a percentile-based RPG system on it, and it feels a lot like what we played here in request second edition it had the weird percentiles it had the weird magic it even had the you roll to see where you hit on people and how much hp and armor each part of your body had i don't remember if that old system i played was chaosium or not but it kind of feels like it and that was one of my first experiences with gaming and at the time i thought it was pretty cool um as i was just trying to learn what game development was. I was trying to figure out how to use a percentile-based system with the hit locations and all that jazz. And then something clicked in my head, and I said, this is horrible. It's way too complicated. This isn't fun. And I kind of feel the same way about the system we played. Um, But I had a blast playing the game. I want to stress that over and over. But I don't like the hit locations. I don't like the separating hit points between them all. To be honest, I totally forgot at one point 
that I was subtracting hit points from the body parts and my hit point total. And all of a sudden, I was almost dead because I wasn't doing the math right. Yeah, because because your total hit points is not just the sum of your arms and legs and torso, right? You you that that's quite a bit lower. Turns out they don't need to literally cut off every limb to kill you. Just about half. Uh, but one thing that would happen, like if you were doing like quote unquote a saving throw, you would take your stat, which is a percentage, you times it by a number, usually three. And then try to roll under that for like a saving throw. It's like a charisma saving throw. Say your charisma was an eight. You would do three times eight, 24. Then you got to get under that type of a saving throw. Okay. So I'm on message boards, Reddit uh, forums and Facebook more than I need to be. And almost every day, someone will bring up a, hey, I'm thinking about changing the way D&D works because I want it to be more realistic. So instead of armor being hit or miss, it does damage reduction. And different body parts have hip Stop points. Stop talking. Have... Go away. <laughs> and and this is that system exactly. You have roll to hit. Then you have the ability to parry, which I got really confused about that because it seemed like you had to declare a parry. But then even if we didn't declare a parry, we were still able to parry. So I don't know if that was just well, a, you, a mistake. We had You thing. had two actions every turn, but you could hold an action to parry. Oh, that's how that worked. Okay, I, I never yeah. understood that at any point. Yeah, I was really to the extent of my understanding, two actions every turn. If you took two actions on your turn, you were done. But if you only took one action on your turn, you could hold back that parry action. I might be totally See, wrong. I, I apologize. Caleb at the yeah, RPG I Academy. I don't think that's how that was because because if we went first in the round – or, I mean, if they went first in the round, right, we, we, we could all parry, but but at no point in when it came up, it was like, oh, by the way, you only have one action left, right? That, that was so, not yeah, so I don't know if there was just like a little hand-waving of the rules at part, or, or if I just didn't understand it, but that was, I was a little confused on how the how the attack and parry worked. I was confused as to why we seemed to be able to parry sometimes and not others. That was... Again, maybe it's action economy that we didn't quite understand. So somebody, you, so you have a chance to attack. They have a chance to parry. If they fail the parry and you hit on the attack, then you roll hit location. Then you have hit location and then you roll damage. And there are times when the damage is not enough to get through the armor. So that's a lot of rolls for potentially nothing to happen, especially when you start with less than 50% chance of being successful. Anyway, so it just it felt like a lot of times there's a lot of rolling for a net sum of nothing. So... Again, I I know D&D is a blase abstraction, but I enjoy that better. I for this again, I don't like combat. So, I like the system that's more abstract that's easier to use. I can I can see people who enjoy that like in the system more, which has actually surprised me. I, again, I kind of thought Crunch here would be more interested in that system because there is more uh, simulation Crunch. in this system where you have hit locations and different hit points and armor as Damage reduction, like, I kind of thought that might be something you were into. So here's the big secret, which I thought you knew after all these years. I just know the rules better than you. That's why I'm Professor Crunch. That's not hard. That's the only reason I'm (laughs) Professor Crunch. Doesn't mean I like the rules. It's more of a comment on Michael than Caleb. (laughs) Yeah. Look look at every game of Rod Iron we've played so far. How many times are we rolling dice and using the rules in that game? Well, I just thought you, that was like a concession for that particular game. Okay, so fine. Fluff Light. You, you can be the... No, the, I'm the still Professor Crunch. Here. I'm holding on to that title vehemently, <laughs> sir. 
the reason I don't like it is the exact same thing that you said. It's a lot of rolling, and I feel like it slows down the momentum of the game. Dirk yep. was telling yeah, the, rolling separately for hit location. Like uh, I'm, 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 I'm so frustrated. I'm frustrated enough in fifth edition D and D. You have to roll hit and damage. Like two rolls. Roll all those dice at once. If if you don't hit, then ignore the damage dice. Like, oh my god, we have a game to play. We have a two-hour block between, like, work and someone's baby exploding or something, right? There's, you know, somebody's always getting this screwed up, and, and so you sit at the table, you gotta get this game on, right? If if, if you add hit location, that's like a third thing. If, you know, you roll all the dice at once, I mean, I, I don't know. There, there was no good yeah, answer. Dirk was telling such an amazing story. I just wanted to pay attention to that story. I already felt pretty lost because I didn't know the larger flavor of the world, and I was trying to grasp it real quickly, and he was throwing so many names and big fiction pieces at us that I just didn't really have a knowledge base for. So I was trying to pay attention to that and get into the, frankly, fantastic story he was telling, and then I was trying to figure out did I get hit in the leg or the chest or the head or am I dead yet or, or or what does this do? Plus, with rolling hit location randomly, it kind of adds to the chaos of battle because you don't know what's happening. But that also kind of leans towards saying you're not a skilled warrior. If If I'm supposed to be this really skilled, very proud warrior, if I'm going to swing at somebody, I'm not just going to randomly hit his leg when I was aiming for his chest, I'm probably going to hit where I meant to hit. Yeah. I mean, it makes more sense on like a ranged attack. Yeah. That, that it would be more, you know, people moving around in, in combat. But yeah, if you're like sword fighting, you would think that there should be mathematically, it shifts a little bit. So you're more likely to hit the top half and not so much the legs unless you target the legs. And, and again, there may be rules that up for targeting that we were ignoring for the sake of getting the, through the game. That's the that's the downfall of the trial is that it's one game that, you know, we didn't read the rules. Hell, we didn't even read our character sheets. It, was, it wasn't until the end we realized we all had magic items we should have been using the whole damn time. I did like the fact that the stats were very similar to D&D. It was a very easy way to translate my understanding from one system to the other. But like you said earlier, Michael, anytime you had to do something based off of a stat, you then had to convert that stat into a different number and then roll against that other number. So again, just another step, another delay in the story. It's not just a, oh, there's a fireball coming. Roll your save. It was, oh, there's a fireball coming. Take your number. Multiply it. Get that. Roll. Okay, now get out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, again, I just I think it that's a game that that probably I want to say probably it does clearly appeal to a certain type of gamer because it's a well loved system. I just don't think apparently none of us are the target audience for that. We we are much more happy with that very crude abstraction that keeps the game moving because we were all having a lot of fun with the role play. And again, we went into it maybe more silly than it deserved. We didn't have the reverence for it that maybe we should have. But we still got into the game. We were having fun. Like, I've edited it. There's some, there's some laugh-out-loud moments that just cracked me up. That I mean, I think the role-play is solid. I think the story is solid. I think Dirk did an amazing job with, with the characterizations of the, of the NPCs. But then it turns on a dime because we're all playing like Looney Tunes. And then suddenly, oh, crap, 15 arrows. You're just dead. 
I mean, not not mostly dead. Dead, dead. Check check your pockets for loose change, because it's just done. <laughs> yeah, that, that that it got real serious. It escalated quickly. Yes, and I can definitely appreciate a brutal system. I, I think the story of RuneQuest that we are not familiar with echoes that brutality, and it fits very nicely. So if we were more well versed we would have approached it with the right mindset and we would have been maybe more cautious or more ambitious or something to better fit that brutality. But I like a system where the consequences are fitting to shenanigans. Yes. I mean, I like a system where where choices matter, of course, and the choice to get into combat or not in that game is a big choice. Because if you go into combat someone's going to die. I mean, again, going back to d and I keep comparing it to that, but the, the rules are so generous. Even if you go down to zero with the death saving throws and the way that you can stabilize or possibly get back up. And, you know, with a party of three to four people, it's pretty difficult for someone to just die, die past first level. You know, when you get past the danger zone of a one hit, one kill. And this system, every time you go into combat, you might die. And I can see how that could be enjoyable. But we didn't go into it with that mindset where we're because because clearly there's like the setting has a lot of like racism. Like it seems like the ducks are the scapegoats and people don't like us and we're being used. We're being, the you know, blamed for the ills of everyone else. And we were sneaking into an area we probably shouldn't have been. So there should have been probably more trepidation on our part about doing that. And we were just all like, hey, let's wear a trench coat, you know, and I just I, I think we were missing out on the setting. And so our mindset wasn't exactly where it needed to be. And then that's why we had that turn of we're just being silly. And then, okay, you're dead. I definitely felt at a couple times I made statements of what I wanted to do. And and Dirk gave me pause. Oh, <laughs> there were several times where he's like, wait, are you are you sure? And then he would ignore you. He would let us do something. He would come back and he would ask you again, hoping you had forgotten what you said and then maybe say something different. So, so maybe Dirk was trying to help us out a little bit and uh, and and, rem- and teach us how brutal the system was. But I very stupidly uh, plunged forward into the jaws of death. Yeah, I, I definitely could tell from DM, DM to DM that he was trying to give us the high sign. We didn't catch on, and then he was just like, then it's like, okay, we're gonna have the Butch Casting Sundance kid ending, so let's just go for that full full hey, bore. The three of us worked very well together. We had shenanigans, and we went straight forward to our demise. Sword Brothers to the end. Ah! That's noble death. <laughs> Awesome. So we we obviously we've kind of just jumped around. I think it's easy to say that Dirk was a great GM. It was a fun session. I would love to know more about the setting. I think there is I think Gloranthia, or however you say that, I think there's like a 3.5 Pathfinder version of that world so that you don't have to play it in the Chaosium system. But not a fan of percentile and not a fan of hit locations and dar- ar- armor as damage reduction. It's just not that's that's more simulation than I'm looking for. So beyond those things we've already touched on, is there anything else that you would want to call out as a as a high or low? Just anything of note? How about you, Scott? Ooh, um, it did slow down the system. 
but it, I, I had some kind of fun nostalgic moments with having a called location hit system. I, I think um, if you had uh, if if we'd rolled it at the same time uh, as I mentioned, or or if if you'd integrated that into the existing percentile, which is too accurate, right? Like even odd, you hit here, you hit there, right? To one, two, three, four, or five on the last die, right? That you hit one of these five locations, something like that. Then um, I I think uh, I think I would have liked it more. But but uh, yeah, no, I I. I I kind of enjoyed the the body part thing. I also enjoyed uh, experimenting with a slightly different abstraction for hit points. I don't know if I'd enjoy it every day, but I did enjoy it. What about you, Caleb? Any anything else? Just high, low, thing of note, something of interest that you wanted to call out about the game? I like the magic we had. It seemed to be extremely powerful and very important to these characters. Thus, very important to the flavor. Uh, one of the notes that Dirk gave us with our pre-gens was that there were no classes and everyone had access to this magic and the magic was super, super powerful. I don't think we got to utilize it as much as we could have because we were involved in some shenanigans. But when we did use it, it worked and it added to the story. There wasn't there wasn't a chance of failure at, at least on the character sheet as I read it, when I wanted to use some of my magical abilities, Dirk said, great, it's in effect, go. And I just took it and worked it right into the story. I, I think I used a, a haste spell or something that let me move real fast when I was running around yep. being stupid. And then at some point in the final battle, I cloned my spear and had all these force spears rolling around and, and I was shooting them at somebody that I should not have been shooting them at. It was cool. Magic worked. I like that. It was also a, a point system rather than spell slots. Exactly. That was it. Yeah, it was this magic spell costs three points and you have all these points and then you had stored points in the magic weapon we had. So that's cool. I like that. It, it felt very intuitive and easy to use. Maybe a little video gamey because it was just casting points out of my pool. But maybe that kind of balanced out the slowdown with all the dice rolling. Spend the points, cast the spell, keep going. Maybe a little bit of a trade-off. Yeah, and there was a point, like, when you use, like, if you use the spell on yourself, and then it just happened. Like, I was able to cast, uh, like, a like a stealth spell on us all, so it kind of made us silent and easier to hide. But um, Scott used his spell to befuddle some baboons, and it worked very well. He kept succeeding, which, again, I kind of wonder how much, DM intervention there was there because you were by yourself in a room full of baboons. Uh, but you were able to befuddle like two or three of them and get them all confused. Big old pile of baboons. Huge <laughs> old pile. Yeah. It was, it's like endless baboon befuddlement. It was like, combat? Nah. That, I, that doesn't sound very fun. I'm, I'm just, instead, how about uh, how about I just befuddle. sneak past all the baboons? Yeah. 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 Be befuddle them. So yeah, I would say the magic system is definitely something I would like to explore more. I don't have a problem with Vancey and Magic. Again, I grew up playing D&D. It makes sense to me. I know how it works. Never had a problem with it. But back in my day when I was trying to create my own RPG, Arcane Realms, still have those files somewhere, uh, mana, it was a mana point system. Everything was based off of how much mana you had in your body, and, and each spell cost a number of points. I'm a fan of that type of system. I think it, it more closely mirrors the media that I'm familiar with. I think it it works in a lot of ways. It feels a lot better. It's just harder to get right. Uh, in our brief, you know, trial, I thought it worked fine. I agree with Caleb. I like the fact that it mostly just worked. 
uh, when it was on yourself, there was no role for this, that kind of thing. But again, it's always like higher levels. You know, if we played for two or three years and I had 200 mana points, how drastically does that affect the game? If magic is that prevalent, does, you know, then everyone has magic. Does that then slow the game down again because you're casting this and I'm casting that, which counteracts your thing and then this person's casting a thing. And I can see where it would eventually get almost like Magic the Gathering, the game where you got the stack where everybody's throwing a spell and you got to figure out in reverse order what happens. But that's just conjecture, I guess. I don't know. It's interesting that you like the simplification of D&D when it comes to combat. Well, I will say wizards are my favorite class. So, yeah. So having more robust rules around magic systems is kind of in the wheelhouse a little bit. Though my favorite spell is Grease, which is a first level spell. So, you know. Hey, but in a point system, that just means more Grease. Yes. And it's flammable because Grease is always flammable. Yeah. Spell slots don't always make a lot of sense. They make no sense. They make zero sense. But a lot of D&D makes zero sense. <laughs> Ar right, it's not supposed to make, it's a simulation. Armor and hit points are a very weird abstract rule, and then you have these spell slots that are even more abstract, so I think a points-based magic system is very easy to understand. Yeah, if if, if you want to play a system that, that's, that's like hard-boiled and gritty and makes a lot of sense, play everyone as John. Perfect simulation of basically the thoughts running through my head at any given point. Yeah, just not actions, thoughts, thoughts only. So, okay, so I guess we'll we'll kind of wrap it up then. Um, I'll start with you, Caleb. Any final thoughts about RuneQuest 2nd Edition? I had a blast playing the game. It definitely caught my interest, but more in the sense of simply wanting to know more about the flavor and story of the world. I am not a fan of percentile systems, and this system did not win me over. Awesome. Thank you very much. All right, Scott, what about you? Any final thoughts? Um, I, we, we've, we've talked percentile systems to death, which uh, is well-deserved. Uh, that said, I liked this system. I think um, it had enough sort of novelty and, and grittiness and, and depth to the, to the narrative that I would play it again. Uh, I'd, I'd really want to play it with somebody who was experienced and an expert. I'm uh, probably too lazy to want to read the, the 22 novels and, and the edition core books and figure out what's what. But uh, that said, uh, I thought it was a fun time. Much like you guys, well, more to Caleb. I really enjoyed the game. I thought it was fun. I've been editing it. And again, I'm I'm laughing out loud at some of the things that happened. I think Dirk did a fantastic job and could not have been happier with his part of the game. But I'm not a fan of the mechanics. I don't like percentile systems. I don't like hill locations. I don't like body parts having different armors and different health tracks. I just, it's it's more simulationist than I prefer. Having said that, the setting seems very fleshed out, and I would like to know more about that. And I don't know that I would play RuneQuest 2nd Edition again, but we did have somebody on one of the places I posted at some point asked us why we didn't do 6th Edition, which is the new edition. So anyone who's listening, if you are an expert in RuneQuest 6th Edition, and you would like to give us a version of that so we can compare and contrast Contact me, let me know. I'd be happy to do another version of the trial just because I think that might be an interesting conversation as well as one time only second edition, one time only sixth edition. And then what did we think about the changes and that kind of thing? So 
Uh, unless there's anything else, I think we'll go ahead and wrap it up there once again. Thank you so much to Dirk. I really appreciate your your time. Again, anyone doesn't know he's in London or he's in the UK, I should say. I don't know if he's actually in London. I think he is. So it was like 12 or 1 o'clock in the morning when we started. It was like 4 o'clock in the morning when we got finished. Again, I don't know that I would have done that for him. So, Dirk, thank you so much for taking care of us and showing us this thing. And for running an incredible game. It was, uh, ooh, ooh, you know, spot on. Absolutely. So, uh, for the RPG Academy Trial of RuneQuest, this has been Michael. And this is Scott. And this is Caleb. And we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out the RPGacademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the drive-thru RPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at vrpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus at vrpgacademy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, the Caleb G, at the Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at the RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.